Signing day, signing day, signing day. So we had a, a good signing day. Uh, we feel good about it. Uh, it's a good class of guys um, so far in our class. Uh, we were able to get 19 guys signed in this first part of the signing process. We got another um, month to go in terms of uh, January being another impactful month to continue to fill out this class. Um, we feel like we're off to a great start. You know, I felt our coaches have done a really good job with, you know, identifying and evaluating and cross-checking the, the current guys that we've signed up for today. Um, and we still feel there's a lot of opportunity and good players that are out there, both from a portal standpoint and, uh, you know, guys that are that could be impactful for us in this 22 class. So uh, we felt it was a good day. Um, so I, that's all I can say right now. We feel good about it. Uh, we know that uh, we got to get into phase two after the break, the Christmas break, but uh, we, we feel that the part, first part of this class is, is exactly what we're looking for. Questions for Coach? Coach, when you talk about it was exactly what you're looking for, um, can you kind of expand on that a little bit? I mean, looking at the group, I mean, it seems like you hit almost every position group. But, um, is that kind of what you'd like to see from classes where you're kind of Hitting all groups and kind of spreading the classes around. Uh, over we, time. in terms of yeah, I, I mean we're tr it is based off of need every every year uh, when you have guys that are leaving your program and you want to replace those guys, um, you know, in an efficient way, you know, whether that's from graduation or whether that's from guys that decided to to leave in the portal, um, you know, some of those things you can, you can forecast when. A guy is a senior and he's graduating, but you really can't forecast when a guy leaves, you know, uh, after the season and decides to jump into the portal. So uh, we felt like we've addressed some of those things that we needed to uh, from a portal standpoint. Um, you know, there was a good number of guys, like five or six guys that went in on our team. Uh, three of them were receivers, and so we were able to replace, you know, those numbers with this current, you know, group just as an example so it is kind of what what leaves you're going to have to replace you know in the process so um, there's still some positions that need to be addressed we still would love to get another defensive lineman we still need to get an inside linebacker um, our corner positions are in really good shape we still need safeties um, you know so I, th I still think there's still some targets for us to, to try to find both from a portal standpoint or from a 22 class uh, freshman standpoint. So offensively, um, we probably have enough running backs, but you know we're hopeful to maybe gain one, and that's going to be important as we go through this, you know, this January period. Um, offensive line, I think, is probably the biggest position where we still need maybe two more, uh, in, from that standpoint. So there's still some areas that we need to address. You know, we go into the second phase. Coach, I think it goes without saying, a lot of fans were pleasantly surprised to see Grant Page join the class today, um, not only keeping a local kid home, local as it goes to school right down the street from here, but also getting him to flip from Nebraska. I'm, I'm curious just what the process was with him as he was committed to Nebraska, I think from over the summer. What was the process of, of staying on his trail? And also, um, given the current state of things, currently without an offensive coordinator or receivers coach, how did you convince someone to, to flip to you who had been committed to another school for, for a number of months? We, we have stayed in contact with, with Grant, you know, through the summer process and even into the fall. Uh, when he got hurt during the season, you know, we still had 
had remained uh, having some contact with him, and, uh, and and rightfully so. You know, his mom uh, Clancy, we we work with her in terms of university relations. What she does stuff for the athletics department. So, you know, we so we've had that connection for for quite some time, and uh, I, I just think he probably felt that, you know thinking through the process and, you know, what's been happening there in Nebraska. And, you know, we've always been that, I guess, that familiar face, <laughs> you know, in the process. And, you know, I, when he decided that he was thinking about staying home and we got a chance to discuss that and talk about it. And, you know, we obviously were very excited about that, that opportunity to keep him home. And so it just worked out. So we're, we're happy for him. I think the thing that is going to be very helpful for him to be a factor potentially going into this season is that he's a mid-year graduate and so he'll be here next month in January. We get to be kind of on top of his rehab, you know, as he goes through the process of, of getting himself back healthy. And he gets the chance to, because he's already here, is to be learning our system, you know, offensively. I know that um, I know that everybody probably has a level of stress about, well, who is the OC and all that. Well, you know, it's, I, we're really close on that decision. Um, I feel very good about where we're at, you know, in that process right now. I feel that the people that know me and, and the offensive football that usually has been generated from me, uh, whether as a coordinator or being part of offenses that, that I've worked in before, it's going to be prolific. You know, we do like to throw to receivers, you know, being a former receiver coach. Uh, so it's going to have the ability to, to be a, a really good in the pass game and also uh, be you know foundationally set by being balanced and running the football as well. So, you know both of those facets are really important. You know that's important in the process when I'm interviewing these candidates. So, you know I don't want I don't want to be a pass happy team. You know I don't want that to be the only thing that we do throwing it 60 times a game. You know I like it to be 30 to 35 times a game throwing the football, and I like to run it you know 20 to 25 to 30 times a game. You know if you say on an average. So. I, I want balance, and I think uh, we've got some really good guys out there that have been very productive uh, in their current offenses that are up for this job, and and they're very intriguing. And I'm excited about you know as, as we continue through this process. What's it like trying to evaluate and recruit somebody that's in American Samoa, and what are your what do you envision Oki Salave's role to be in your program once he gets here? Oki's a he's an exciting young man I, I tell you that and it, it is interesting because you know they they're they're literally on an island you know they they are literally where there's one flight a month that flies from their island to the island of Hawaii and so that's kind of the junction point if you want to go somewhere um, so they, it's it is a very remote place uh, but you know, we did uh, establish a lot of communication with, with he and his father, who was a former athlete, a former player in our program. And he's a dynamic football player. You know, he's just one of those guys that uh, you can tell when he plays, he plays a quarterback position well. You know, if you put him at safety, he plays a safety position well, where he intercepts and makes tackles. You put him at uh, edge rush, well, he makes sacks. You know, if you put him to block a punt, He'll he'll go in there and block a punt. <laughs> you put a block. He's you get what I'm saying. He he he's a multifaceted kid, and uh, he likes playing quarterback. So we're going to give him a shot there. But he also wants. He says, Coach, don't get me wrong. Now, if I can help the team in any way, 
I want to do it. So those are the types of attitude kids you want in your program that want to get on the field and impact us, and he's, he's definitely one of those kind of kids. To follow up to him, um, you're going to start about quarterback. You said, how important is that, especially for the spring? Because I imagine you won't have JT. So is that kind of another arm? He is another arm because he's a mid-year graduate, too. Uh, so he is another arm. Um, but we'll see how that goes. We do expect JT. We just had a long meeting about our medical guys right now in terms of where we think they will be back healthy. JT will be able to participate in the spring. Uh, I don't know how much physical work, but he'll be able to do some things from his positional standpoint in the spring. So, um, but you know, we're gonna, like I said, Oki. He just wants to play somewhere. You know, he's been a great quarterback from where he is. That's what he. That's what he knows right now. So we're gonna we're gonna probably let him uh, do a few things this spring. You know, just to see where you know, where things are. There's some reports out there that they might shake up the recruiting calendar again. Maybe this would be the last December signing period. In a perfect world, what why? Would, why would they do? That? I know, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but. In a perfect world, what would a, a recruiting calendar look like in your eyes? I'm probably not qualified to say to really answer that because this is my first time being back in college, having two signing dates. I've been traditionally February since I, you know, most of my college career. Um, I, I believe in the two signing dates for particular reasons. Um, when you have your earlier commitments, guys that have committed, you know, let's say springtime, summer, um, to get those guys kind of solidified and in the boat, you know, I, I, I like that process of kind of having a, this period versus, you know, and having another period after that. Um, so those are the, for the long-term guys, I, I like that where the current system is. Um, the reason why we're fighting, you know, I still like that because we were able to sign 19 guys and we still have maybe seven more to go. And we still have another month of recruiting to, to find those extra seven, you know, whether that's from the portal or, or you know, 22 class freshmen. So I actually like the way it is right now. I've kind of adapted to it. Um, I think there was also talk about eliminating the official visits from five to three. Well, look at it from a student athlete perspective. Let's say I've taken, uh, let's say it was down to three and I took all three in the summer. And then the guys at the team that I, uh, the program or school that I committed to, that coach left and went to another program. You know, now he doesn't know if they're going to honor his commitment at the current school, or does he have the ability to see someone else in the process because he'd have two more visits to, to figure out, you know, where he can find a landing spot. So I think there's, there's some, definitely some discussion that needs to take place with that. I know from a cost-saving standpoint, it, it probably makes sense. You know, I don't think universities waste money and just give guys trips that they don't have a shot for. Uh, and I think it's good for the ones that do are solidified and rock solid that a kid that wanted to go to Colorado since he was a freshman decides to come, why not get him sealed and signed away early? So I, I see the pluses to the current system. Um, I know that was a lot of time I just spent on that.
right? But I, I do see the pluses, but I am fairly new back into the college way. I think the more challenging issues are portal issues. I mean, the floodgates that happened this year, uh, trying to get guys evaluated. Um, you know, NIL is a big factor in that, you know, because they're trying to, it's, it is like free agency. I told you guys a year ago, it's going to be like free agency. I forecasted this. And it is. It's challenging because NIL is a big deal. You know, it's become in a short period of time a big, big deal. And it's a factor in decisions now. So that's the other part. There's some challenging times ahead in college athletics, for sure. Uh, last recruiting cycle was impacted pretty heavily by COVID. This time around, you get to spend more time face-to-face -face with recruits, make some home visits. How valuable is that in this process? It was extremely valuable. You know why? Because I, I felt that in a lot of ways, this is my first recruiting class. I was able to get off, off campus and to get into homes and you know be with families that have visited us on campus. And it, it was so much more of a familiar way of recruiting. You know, I, you know, interesting enough when I got hired and you know everybody knew what happened the COVID year. That was completely uh, an interesting year. But that 21 class, most of those guys that were in that class never stuck foot on campus until they arrived in the summer. It's crazy, right? And I didn't even get a chance to really meet them in person. I said I did a bunch of Zoom stuff, but I didn't meet the families in person until they dropped them off here in the summer. Isn't that crazy? But this, to me, felt like the first recruiting class, you know, at least what I got a chance to do. And, um, and it's an impactful class because they, they understand and saw what we did this year. Uh, they saw the, the bare bones roots of the process that we're building. Um, the effort, the, you know, the, 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 I think the competitiveness that we were trying to get established this year was important. So they see it. And then us being able to talk about that in their living rooms, I think, felt, made it feel, um, it, help, it helped them understand why, why we're recruiting them, why we expect them to be great players, why they can impact us. Um, and they can do that in a short period of time. So I think it was very beneficial for us to be out. Um, when looking at this class as a whole, are there any common characteristics or traits that kind of stood out to you? It's a great question because I think they do have a common thread about being winners and about being impactful that way of infusing part of their persona within the program. You know, a lot of these guys have had a lot of success, um, and most guys do that are in a recruiting fashion. They are successful. But what I see with this group is that they know we're not far away from where we can be a really good team. And they feel that they can be a difference maker in helping us get there in a, in a fast period of time. So I think that's the common thread that's throughout the 19 is being able to compete, being able to help this team win. And they see, they see an avenue for themselves to do that early. That's what I think this team or these, this group really sees. Going back to your challenges ahead in college athletics, your comment that way. I guess freedom of choice and commitment to a cause are both laudable attributes. But with the transfer portal and the great changes we had in coaching in the past month, 
big a challenge is that? And, and it's huge. I mean, it's huge. You know, you're going to see, you know, committed players from one school, a coach leaves to go to another school, they decommit from that school and follow them. They have the ability to do that. <laughs> right? Right. So it's... I don't have to work it. I just have to... It's... You know, and then in, from a portal perspective, you know, there's guys, and including our own guys, you know, they, they want opportunities, right? And certain programs have the ability to do more than others. That was my follow-up. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's challenging. It is. So we're, we're going to be proactive, though. You know, we're going to do what we can for what we and our resources are here but we can't sit and ignore and think that, oh, that's just wrong and we're not going to get involved in that. Well, we'll be, a, we'll be what we are right now for a very long period of time if we think that way. We're going to need to be proactive. We're going to need to stay in the game and put some skin in the game about understanding this, the new process of college athletics. And, I, and Rick is on board with that. He's on board with understanding that those whole dynamics and we're going to think uh, proactively and creatively to try to create some opportunities for our own people, our own student-athletes here. How do you, I mean, it's relatively new. How do, okay. It is new, but it's exploded in a short period of time. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's why I'm sure it's so critical in a lot of ways, but how do you have the discussion of name, image, and likeness with a potential of a 17, 18-year-old guy? I mean, I, but it's interesting discussion. in answering that part of the questions. The high school parents and students have quickly adapted to the landscape. They, they, they are asking those questions about what are his opportunities for my son or daughter? What can you provide that, you know, for you from your institution in terms of helping that process? They are, they've quickly, even though it, doesn't, it didn't affect them directly when this whole thing started, now six months later, they're they're all in it. <laughs> it's all it's all in everything. So it's challenging. It is, and if we we have to be proactive in in creating you know some some avenues for our student athletes. But it's here, you and you know well, <laughs> the the NCAA you know not the you know I, you guys won't get me in trouble, but they they kind of put it on the state laws. They just said, I don't know if we want to govern this. You guys handle that. And all the laws are different and what you can do and can't do. So, um, so the, re the regulation part was always going to be the challenge from the very beginning. I'm saying, how, are they how much can they, uh, you allow them to get, right, to make it a level playing field? How, do you, how much is that? Well, no one had a, an answer for that yet. And I'm going to stop after this because I don't want to get in trouble, but... Uh, there's, there's definitely some things that need to be rethought in this process. And, and you know, hopefully that we'll get some direction on that shortly. Any other questions? For Didn't want to put a downer on everybody. But <laughs> it is what it is, man. I'm telling you, it's challenging. So. But that's just the general cost of doing business, correct? I mean, college athletics is a business. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the business is all about money. You're right. It is. And, and we have to kind of understand that better, thinking that we're, we're amateurs, right? But it's kind of working towards a level of 
hey, this is a business now. Do you find that it's going to be harder for schools like CU and that to compete against the SEC who has like super major donors that can say, you know what, everybody in the NIL, we're going to give them all X amount of money. And you guys just can't compete with that. There's some that, that's, that's what I mean, there's the lack of and, the, and some that have more resources, absolutely. And it just makes you to have to be more creative? Yes, we do. We try to have, we have to maximize what we can do, you know, and that's working within the guidelines of this university and also, you know, I think our student athletes that are here, uh, if the effort's been shown in the right way and they're doing, you know, some things progressively, I think we're in, a, we're in good shape. But if we, if we don't do something progressively and we kind of, you know, don't, don't put a lot of effort into making, you know, staying with the current trends, then we'll, we'll be behind, this, behind the eight ball a little bit. A couple of things I want to ask you. First off, offensive line, uh, do you know the status of Max Ray and Carson Lee going forward? Uh, Max Ray is leaving the program. He's done. You know, he, he was dealing with a lot of uh, neck issues, you know, when he was playing, and he didn't feel that he was worthy to continue to play. And then Carson is still under investigation, so I have nothing to report there. And how about Chance Lyle, Colby Purcell? You know, those guys will be coming back? Why are you asking me these things? Is after the season? Is this something that really draws attention? But anyway. Roster, roster stuff. Uh oh. I, I guess it, it would go to my next. Okay, this is the last one, though, right? So, but Chance will be back. Okay. okay, he'll be back, and Colby's going to be going into some graduate school. He's not going to play next year. Okay. So That's it. <laughs> no more? No more. We're moving on to 22. And we're... 22, then. As far as the OC. I just talked about that. A little bit, but I want to ask you a little... Can I ask you another question about, like, what you're looking for as far as, like, uh, like a, someone with a... College, NFL, what's the profile that you're looking for? Uh, that's fair, yeah. I, I would say more college-based because let me tell you this, you know, these are, these are good friends of mine, okay? Uh, when I was at UCLA, I hired a great staff, really did. I, and I, I, I do hire good coaches, okay? So I, I'm not saying that to be, an, you know, an arrogant about it, but I, I put a lot of research into people. So when you have guys like a Tom Cable and – you know, a Brian Snyder and a Jay Norvell and a Dino Babers, you know, so on and so forth. And these guys are all head coaches now. But anyway, we had a great year, okay, at UCLA, my third season, and six of them left to the NFL. And it was hard to replace that talent when you have a group of nine. That makes sense? So I've learned through that process of really, you know, if you guys got, if there's guys with NFL aspirations, that's not the way to go. So to someone that's a young coach that is probably an, uh, an NFL assistant, assistant O-line or something like or assistant wide receivers or something like that, and we have a good year and he gets plucked back to the league, that doesn't help me. So um, I am staying in the college realm, the guys that have been in college for the bulk of their careers and that are still, still in college just because of that experience I went through. Fair enough? All right, thank you. Hello, Carl. Carl, did you 
you have any interesting stories from the road recruiting? Oftentimes coaches end up going to small towns or crazy places or have to eat crazy food or whatever the case may be, but in your trial or in your travels this year, any interesting stories stick out to you? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, I the day after the Utah game, we put the game to bed, had our meeting. Then I left that Sunday. No, it was Friday. We played Utah, so we I left Sunday that that weekend. We flew to Atlanta and went to see the Buford kids. Um, that next morning, uh, got on one of those um, two prop planes to Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, drove to Hattiesburg to go see Carter, drove back from Hattiesburg to Jackson, spent the night, had a 5 a.m. flight to Dallas, same kind of plane over there to go see uh, Jordan Tyson uh, in Allen, Texas, uh, flew that afternoon to Houston to see Joshua Wiggins. So I was almost in a different city or two a day. But the one interesting part was I was on one of those uh, flights again from Dallas-Fort Worth to Phoenix, which I thought would be, well, that's just a two-hour flight, right? And it was a two-prop plane again, and it was apparently, like today, is a windy day outside, right? So we had a bunch of headwind, and it took us four and a half hours to fly from Fort Worth to Phoenix, Arizona. Anyway, I thought I was flying and doing things efficiently, but obviously that was... I mean, I, well, I asked him, are we going to Hawaii? Where, where are we going? You know? But it took that long. So, I mean, thank goodness there, I was safe in every one of those aspects. But, you know, you kind of have to have a, a little bit of humor and, and, and not take things so serious when you're on the road because, really, those are things that are not in my control. <laughs> I'm in somebody else's hands there. So I, I just try to just go with the flow. But it did change some of the scheduling, you know, because I had to go see the kid in Phoenix instead of being there for three hours because we got in there so late. It was like a 45-minute visit that I had to get back on the plane and go back home. So it, it was just some tight window things. But uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. You know why? Because I haven't been out in two years. You know, just being out and seeing kids and seeing their families and being on campuses, I think that was, that was huge for me. So, all right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.